0: Hello and welcome to Around the Outside, the podcast for the Formula One fanatic with Jake Peach and Chris Moss.
1: Thank you all for getting involved with the podcast. It is very much appreciated. And don't forget, if you haven't already, to make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a new episode like this one right now. Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Just search around The Outside Podcast on Facebook. And we are at ATOPodcast underscore on Twitter and Instagram.
0: And in this episode, we are looking ahead to race week four in Spain at the Circuit de Catalunya, the circuit which is normally used for testing in a normal season. So it's great to be back at this circuit. And we take a look back at the race last week and our thoughts
1: on that as well. We will also share any paddock gossip and what we have seen online and obviously any news stories around Uh, and of course our predictions for the Grand Prix this week.
0: Okay, let's go back to last week's Grand Prix in Portimao, and an impressive display from the seven-time world champion Lewis Hamilton. Absolutely flawless, starting from second, losing it a bit off the line, um, losing out to Max and Bottas, but a commanding comeback to take victory in
1: that race. Um, it was flawless from him, wasn't it, Chris? Yeah, it was. It was definitely an impressive display from him. He had a couple of moments he, he admitted himself, which he was he was disappointed with, but. You know, I mean, apart from the fact that Max and Bottas pitted for a set of uh, tires, I mean, he still had a a, a cheeky five second lead over Max um, before that all happened, anyway.
0: Yeah, he did, and um, it was um, Hamilton was on the back of of Max for quite a while wasn't he but then it only only took him till lap 11 to get past him and the the move um, down into turn 1 was as a result of Max sort of getting a bit wriggly out of the last turn onto the final straight and of course if you sort of lose your momentum going on to that straight in Portimao, you are um, in real danger. And Hamilton, you could see it, you could sniff the chance uh, as soon as he saw Max struggling and uh, made the most of it, probably pressed his uh, uh, electrical battery up to full uh, and uh, got the pass done. And It was, um, it was sort of pretty hairy actually when Max moved over, but in the end, nothing uh, too strenuous for Lewis Hamilton's
1: ability. No, say he's a seven-time world champion. If you're going to give him any kind of room to get past, then, well, you might as well say bye-bye to that place. And Max, all he just had was one tiny little overcorrection, and that that was enough to say bye-bye to the Mercedes. And uh, to be fair, it it was nearly uh, as you were for, for when he overtook Bottas for the lead of the race as well.
0: Yeah, that's very true. I want to mention as well, the whole thing, uh, if you take mine back to Imola, um, um, we, we thought that Hamilton maybe didn't get his shoulders out enough when he was going into the first turn and lost out to Max for the rest of the race and um, but this time he made sure when he got past Max had a little sort of semi-look at getting past back Hamilton as he'd just overtaken him Um, but Hamilton well and truly shut the door on Verstappen this time he's like no you can uh, go on to the runoff there Uh, see you later so um, yeah making sure that the same thing didn't happen again but yeah referring to Bottas again didn't take too long for Hamilton to catch up to him and we, we we talk about Bottas and, and Hamilton the and relationship on this podcast a lot don't we Chris but it just seemed that Bottas again had the edge throughout the weekend but the difference this is this is the difference this is why Hamilton is is the driver he is and, the, and seven-time champion Hamilton one just finds that extra bit of performance from from nowhere it's really hard to understand where he gets it from but just always has a slight edge when
1: it matters over Bottas doesn't he and it and proved in the race I think it's that sort of killing instinct from Lewis. He he mm. knows how to extract what he needs from the car at the right time. I mean, he's been in the sport since 2007. I mean, f- 14 years of racing. He's never had a season where he's never won a race. Bottas, you know, he's he's still up and coming. He's still quite young um, compared to Lewis. But it was only until he got into the Mercedes where he got that sort of, semi-killer instinct of how to finish races, how to win races and, you know, be there in, in terms of for the championship. He had a good couple of seasons when Williams' car was very strong uh when when the technical regs changed in 2014. But, you know, when when you're up against someone like Lewis Hamilton, you know, you're going to constantly take knocks because Lewis by far is a superb driver and probably one of the best the sport's ever seen. And to go up against him and try and beat him week in, week out is not easy. I mean, we saw Jensen Button do it once when they were at McLaren. Yeah. <laughs> Nico Rosberg took him a, f- a few attempts, but, you know, in 2016, he finally got the edge. Um, so Lewis has only been beaten twice in 14 seasons. But Bottas, he really does need to find that 3.0 mentality <laughs> uh, and bring it out. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, again, the only the only thing, the mistake you could say Lewis made, slight mistake, was that he kind of um, didn't really focus on the safety car restart. He was literally at the moment he was looking behind to see where Max was. Bottas had gunned it already, uh, and then mm. yeah, he was sort of left for dead. But then yeah, of course, he makes up for it in his racecraft, and uh, he proved everyone wrong, and obviously took took the victory. But um, Bottas as well was was in the line to try and round off uh, Mercedes one 2 but. Um, um, some some power issues with the mercedes again with the reliability which we i don't know we've we've seen a, a couple of times but it's not not really a regular occurrence with mercedes so um just a um a sort of an engine sensor that was reading wrong which cost him technically cost him second place but you could argue that it was it looked quite a challenge anyway even if he caught up to max it was going to be another challenge as they say it's one thing to catch
1: up but another thing to pass yeah, for sure. And with the DRS uh, line being a bit further up the straight this year compared to last year, overtaking was very much an issue. Mm. Um, cars weren't getting anywhere near as what they were last year. And that sort of proved difficult, which is why when Lewis got that chance to overtake Max, when Max had that little wobble, as was pretty much Lewis's one and only opportunity he, he needed and he, and he got to make the move done.
0: Um, Let's talk about McLaren, another Mercedes-powered engine car, of course, which of their performance is coming through with that Mercedes engine this year. Um, We didn't hear too much really about them this weekend, I I don't feel, um, compared to to the previous race uh, in Imola. Um, But yeah, another strong showing from them. And uh, again, looking like really sort of best of the rest um, below Mercedes and Red Bull this year.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean it was a bit of a disappointment in qualifying for McLaren, Daniel Ricciardo getting knocked out for the first time, I think in maybe three seasons since they've had a car down in that part of the qualifying. But, you know, Danny Rick ended up coming back into the points with a a ninth place finish. Um, But again, Lando, he seems to be at one with the car this season. It's fantastic to see. And, You know, I think Lando's probably going to be the surprise of the season. I mean, we know he's a good driver and he got podiums last season and he's very consistent, but he's sort of on another level this year. I mean, he's 51 seconds behind Lewis, which all said and done is pretty decent. You know, he was 12 seconds behind, like, Sergio Perez. Same amount of pit stops as Perez, but still, you know, only 12 seconds behind in a Red Bull car, which is fighting for wins. You know, and 20 seconds pretty much behind Max Verstappen as well. And Max and Valtteri did an extra pit stop more, but that just shows the pace of where they're at. But yeah, Lando, comfortably ahead of Charles Leclerc, four seconds difference, and then very comfortably ahead of the Alpines. And the Alpines, again, had a very strong race this week as well, both in the points, uh, on merit as well. And um, But no, McLaren, definitely. And, say, I don't think... My, my original prediction of second place at the start of the season is going to happen. But I'm very happy to see that they're comfortably in third mm. in, this, in in the constructors. And at the minute, Lando's third in the drivers as well.
0: Yeah, they both, the well, the team and him, fully deserve it. Um, but we talk about the future of F1, don't we? we? We've referred to Russell in the last few months and towards the end of last season. Lando is definitely up there amongst that and uh, could be a really strong option for teams in... A couple of years when they're looking to bring some new talent into the team. Um, you were talking about the Alpines there for a moment. Uh, Alonso, very strong race coming through the field and uh, actually putting a nice move on uh, Daniel Ricciardo, um into turn one. And um, he found some really good pace in that second stint, didn't he?
1: Yeah, Fernando just sort of came alive, which, you know, sort of Fernando of old, which we haven't seen all too much lately. But again, he sort of still needs to find that sort of one lap pace. Um, Ocon absolutely smashed it over the weekend. He qualified in Q three for the first time uh, this season, and yeah, put it onto sixth. Alonso was a fair bit behind, but in the race, it was very much Alonso was getting back. I think he's starting to get the confidence back. He's getting the pace back. Yeah, consistency was never an issue with Fernando. Like he's probably the most consistent driver everyone's ever seen. You know, Kruin Kachandot mentioned that when we were in testing, like if you put a 10-piece p- piece on a corner, you'll hit it <laughs> 10 times out of 10. Yeah. But yeah, it's getting that sort of pace back and confidence and belief. And, you know, he's had two seasons of F1 and driving the uh, world endurance cars, it's a completely different mentality to yeah, of course. how an F1 car drives so to see you know at the end of the race he's only a second behind his teammate who was seven places ahead of him on the grid mm. is is a really decent effort by fernando and hopefully you know it's his home grand prix coming up now hopefully he'll be able to give the fans that ain't going to be going there something to <laughs> shout about
0: <laughs> yeah carry that carry that momentum through a seasoned veteran alonso is. you've got to remember he's uh well, many people consider him along with Hamilton and Schumacher and, and Vettel a few years ago um, as, you know, one of the best drivers in the sport. So um, you can never count him out. And talking of another legend of the sport, Kimi, what a weird race he had. I mean, it was um, very close to the restart, wasn't it? Not, not, not long after. It was uh, on lap one, mate. It was on, it was on lap one, yeah. Um, <laughs> which calls the safety car. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and just completely ran into the back of his teammate. It's almost like he was on his mobile phone whilst I was driving their phone car so, and then just oh, sort of looked up not, and not, was like,
1: not, oh, I'm in the back of or G- G- What happened there? Yeah, not, not not to be recommended to be on a phone and drive, just to put out there, he might get some points and, you know, not not the good points that you want. No. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was, it was like as if the slipstream he got, because he would have got a slipstream, slipstream, slipstream from everybody in front of him. Mm. And then that sort of just took him by surprise and he just literally went into the back of his teammate. Um, obviously, you can't see like your front wing, but you sort of have a rough idea as to where it is mm. um, compared to another car. But yeah, he, he literally just drove into the back of his teammate. It's it's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen Kimi do. It was hard, you know. I think the team can forgive him after, especially like he had such a good race last week mm. as well. Um, not last week, a couple of weeks ago in in Imola, but you know. You're gonna, you're bound to have errors from time to time, and sometimes they don't go in your favor, and sometimes you know we've seen errors that turn out to win races before. So, I think Kimmy just needs to like have a reset, come back uh, at, at the weekend, and you know it's it's a it's a race he's won before, it's a race he's done very well at before, so he he knows the track uh, better than well pretty much everyone.
0: Yeah, no, uh, definitely one to put behind him and uh, I guess if anyone asks him in the next weekend's press conference um, what was the race like last week You want to forget it had, uh, had, uh, uh, had, uh, very had, mumbled it,
1: and, and one word answers yes and, and,
0: and, and that's racing basically uh, it would be something like that uh, and so um, I look forward to that press conference if, if he uh, well yeah be, who he's teamed up with as well because it's they're, they're cool they're doing these driver pairings now isn't it's nice dynamic um, that hopefully they're going to carry forward only for COVID restrictions at the moment. Moment, but it'd be nice to see that carry on. Um anyway, I digress. Um moving on to sort of a final point about the race. Um track limits again has come up and uh Red Bull are complaining again uh, that it has not really caught sort of affected them but Max going for fastest lap um on the final lap along with Bottas they both had enough of a lead to pit and go for fastest lap which um of course brings another point to the championship which is a really interesting dynamic that I'm, I'm glad that they've brought in um well, for the for this season, uh, particularly, it seems to be really paying off. Sort of, for the spectacle, because um, in that last in that last lap, anything could happen. If they pit and the pit crew don't get the pit stop right, it could really jeopardize their their race result. So they've got to be really confident that it's going to come off. But yeah, Max going for fastest lap, and um, the track limits at turn fourteen, I believe, um, and and Max sort of didn't find out until sort of his post race conference and was kind of withholding his anger um what's your views on the track limits thing chris i mean again yeah it's it was there in black and white really though isn't it if you crossed all four wheels over the white line you're gonna get your lap deleted
1: Uh, i think it's 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 interesting for this season i mean we talk about it every season and you know we spoke Mm. about it about bahrain where lewis went off the track 29 times max did it once but got penalized i think it's a point I made to one of my friends who's a massive Max fan being these from the Netherlands Max the the two times that Max has has gone off the track he would have been gaining points in the championship Lewis was doing it but he didn't gain anything in terms of championship he might have gained like a two tenths here and a two tenths there but he wasn't overtaking anybody for, for for the lead he wasn't um you know, get going for fastest lap or anything like that. So he wouldn't have gained points in the championship. Max obviously would have overtaken Lewis in Bahrain and would have got 25 points. So he would have gained an extra seven points for that race. You know, they were talking about, I think he, he went wide as well in qualifying in Imola. But again, that would have boosted him up in, and not that it would have mattered anyway, because Max was the faster car. But again, Max, he had one lap to do a fastest lap. And he went wide and he gained an advantage and he got a point in the championship by going wide. So even though, and I think Max and Red Bull were quite right in saying, yes, they wasn't looking at the turn 14 all weekend for track limits. At the same point, he still went off the track, gained an advantage because if he had then slowed down to not go off the track, he wouldn't have got fast his lap. So he did gain an advantage by going off the track. And that point would have put it down to six points in the championship, which, you know, now it's been taken off is eight yeah
0: i think it's all about context isn't it chris like um if it if it if it matters um i obviously in practice it doesn't really matter because they're just practicing obviously they're trying to test the limits of where where the the circuit is with the car but yeah when it matters and when those points come into play i mean as people have been saying in these first few races with that extra point it's going to be such a close battle this season that if max did get that extra point and it came down to the final race of the season and it was a decider and and he'd had that point or hadn't it could really change things not just in the drivers' championship but constructors' championship as well going into the new regulations which is so vital next year
1: yeah um for sure and obviously you want to win the championship for the constructors but at the same point you get less time developing you get less you know everything's going down in terms of costs so in that sort of terms of things, you just want to sort of, I don't know, you want, you want to sort of balance um, for, for, for next season. You want as much testing time as you possibly can, in all honesty. But, yeah, it, Mercedes want eight and eight. They want to completely dominate this hybrid era. They've done seven they out do. of seven so far. Yeah, And if that one point was the one that... <laughs> Either stop Lewis winning drivers, or going to stop Mercedes winning the constructors. Then yeah, words were going to be said. We're going to see an angry Toto. We're going to see. <laughs> uh, although I think we want to see angry Toto again after 2019 Germany.
0: No bashing the desk until it's not. There's none of it left. Um, I'm sure the track limits debate will rumble on throughout the rest of the season. There's no doubt we, about that. And, we've uh, only
1: got another 19 races of it. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, more 19 <laughs> races of controversy and moaning to uh, digress and um, divulging. Uh, so, yeah, that will rumble on and we'll keep across it here on Around the Outside, of course. Um, right, that's all of the Portuguese Grand Prix shenanigans from Portimao. Let's move on to some of the latest news in the world of Formula 1 between the races in
1: the past week. So, uh, this week, It's been a short week, you know, we only just had the race last weekend, so there isn't really much to say. But uh, obviously one of the biggest uh, highlights of the week is Roman Grosjean getting his seat fitted for his Mercedes test. And they've announced that it's going to be during practice at the French Grand Prix. So Mercedes did send uh, an offer to Roman after last season where he didn't get to complete his final races for Haas due to his accident. Um, And they offered him to do a test in their car. And yeah, I think that's absolutely fantastic for Mercedes going going through with it and uh, offering him the test. And you know, Roman looks very much up to it. To be at his home Grand Prix as well is going to make it ten times more special. And um, could you imagine if he sets the fastest lap time in practice? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would be something, wouldn't it? Um, it but it's it's just. Um, I think he's also doing a demo run, isn't he? In the W10, which was the last yes. season's car. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure that'd be an amazing experience. But it's so nice to see that Toto and and the team like kept to their word, and um, and yeah, it's given him sort of the ride of his life, really, isn't it? Um, to be in the fastest car of this generation, really, um, and and having the having possibly having some fans. I don't know if there's going to be fans at the French Grand Prix at that point. I guess it all depends on what's happening in the country, but, um, it'd be a very special moment, I think for, for Romain to round off and now obviously racing an Indy car, isn't
1: he? Yeah. And say so Indy IndyCar's going, going very well. He scored points on his debut, which was always good to hear. Um, but yeah, it, it would be a nice sort of fitting end to you know his time that he had in Formula One. He obviously started off wasn't the greatest of uh, rookie seasons for him uh, in two thousand and nine, um, but when he came back, he was a much better driver. He you know he was fighting for wins. He got plenty of podiums, you know, and um, yeah, and obviously he's he's got Haas where they are. You know, he scored a lot of points for Haas over the five seasons he was with him. And um yeah, this will be the sort of icing on the cake to really get a drive that, you know, at some point in his career he, he kinda of deserved to be at a top team
0: yeah he did yeah for for all of his sometimes lack of composure he did have that raw speed and talent so uh, it's nice to see that this has come off just quickly on on this whole thing of course on the face of it it looks it's a very nice gesture and everything but could this be a start of a bit of a relationship maybe not in formula one but maybe going to other series perhaps like dtm or um you know other racing series that mercedes are in perhaps or do you just see it as a one-off
1: I feel it would be probably more of a one-off. I feel he's he's gone to IndyCar. he would probably be in, at IndyCar for quite a few seasons. Um, and, you know, hopefully he'll be in, in time fighting for, for the championship there. Um, but, you know, I, I dare say Roman will probably go and do some world endurance, which I don't believe Mercedes are in at, at the current point. Um, I know they have been in the past. But... It could be that, you know, in time that he'll have links and they'll hook up in that. And, you know, if he ever decides to go to Formula E, maybe, you know, he'll head to the Mercedes uh, team there. Um, but yeah, staying with Mercedes, uh, we're covering quite a lot of Mercedes this week. Um, Toto Wolf, um has uh, hinted that he's going to be nudging Lewis Hamilton to start another contract negotiation soon. Obviously, last week... We we brought that Lewis Hamilton's thinking about staying for 2022 after doing the Pirelli tire test in Imola, um, but Toto Wolf now wants to start uh, getting that contract uh, on the table and get these negotiations done a lot earlier than they did for Hamilton's contract for this season.
0: Yeah, it's um it's a very interesting one and quite compelling that it's almost being thought about now. Um, you know, we've only had three races and obviously. In the start of this podcast, we talked about Lewis Hamilton's ability. We all know, um, to everyone listening as well, we'll know he is not. It's not just about his ability on the track. It's his brand. It's his, uh, you know, his uh, activism that he brings with all of that. He's such a valuable product in general, isn't he? Um, but you know what the price is going to be on that as well with the budget cap going forward lewis is obviously on a very decent wage at the moment being the best driver in the sport um there's all these different parameters at play that maybe mercedes are going to have to give him more of something in value away from actual currency and money maybe in more sort of opportunities i know he's carry, carrying on with this um initiative to get more diversity in the sport which mercedes are supporting him with as well um I don't know. I, I get a gut feeling at the moment that once he's done the eight titles, um, I don't know. It maybe it's maybe it's been a good run for him, but I, you know you wouldn't you wouldn't write it off saying that he's staying in the sport. But it does feel like almost the perfect time to sort of end it there and leave on a high, Kind of like, I know, Saw sort of Rosberg, once he won the championship, he retired then and people thought it was very odd. But in hindsight, you can look at it and say, well, look, you know, he, he went out on a very euphoric moment. Maybe it might be the same for Lewis. What are your feelings on it, Chris? I'm, I'm sort of a bit undecided
1: at the moment. I feel like Lewis is a bit like Valentino Rossi. I mean, Rossi hasn't won a championship now for probably going on 10 years. But his love for what he does is second to none. He's probably the most passionate MotoGP rider you'll ever see. You know, he's been in bikes that have not been competitive. He's been in bikes that have been competitive and, you know, lost out to teammates. Rossi is, well, MotoGP through and through. You know, he's got, where, he's got that brand where they are through him. Lewis is not that level, but his passion for what he does is second to none. If he goes through with something, he goes through with it through and through. If something goes wrong, he'll hand his he's he'll hold his hands up and admit. But to Lewis, racing has been his entire life since he was young. You know, his dad had to work numerous jobs to get him where he is. So I feel like if he was to go on a high, yeah it'd be great for him, but I don't think he himself would be finished I feel like he'd still have the racing in him and if he's still got that passion to go for it I feel like he'll still be racing so I I reckon at the end of the season he'll still have a couple of seasons left in him
0: I guess it all depends on what happens with the new regulations, isn't it? New cars that um, if he gets a bit of an early sight of how the cars are going to be, if it's going to be closer racing, you know, he says it's all about the passion. He loves the racing, that's why he does it first and foremost. Then it's probably going to be more of a convincing factor for him, isn't it? But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see where where it goes and the type of contract it will have. Like I'm saying, no, it won't all be money related. I don't think there'll be a few other things. He'll be looking to the future. Of how he can sort of um, guide his exit out of the sport in I don't know three four five years you know I think that'll be I think that'd be a big part to play in it won't it But well, that's 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 kind of my thoughts in in some ways But uh, yeah we'll see And of course we're talking about the uh, the latest news in in the world of Formula One But just some personal news here at the podcast uh, Since we started sort of back in uh, late March since the beginning of the season um, It's been really cool to do this um with 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 me and me and chris and uh we're just amazed like we, we don't have any ambitions as to where this is gonna like the podcast will go it's just lovely that we're sort of getting to do do this and talk about our our hobby one of our passions um and a sport that we love but it's been nice we've just been looking into like some of where people are listening uh and we're international chris we have people in italy listening germany brussels the united states um, and also India we have people listening there um, and of course across uh, the UK in, in, in various places as well so um, it's nice to have that support and um, actually have people listening in other countries I find it mad in some ways
1: <laughs> yeah it's crazy and um, yeah from, me, from both myself and Jake we just want to wish well not wish we want to thank every single one of you that have listened in and tuned in at one point or another is so much appreciated from the pair of us. And yeah, it's, it's crazy to believe that people from around the world are listening to me and you. Yeah talk about something we love yeah
0: exactly know, it's it's a it's a real special feeling and um on that note if you are ever listening to the podcast um we've had a couple listeners like tag us in when they're listening to it, or do a video when they're listening or a photo if you are listening to it um and you want to uh, give us a shout out and um just show us show us you listen to one of the latest episodes do so send it to us on the socials. so um and then we can we can share it and um so we, we wanted to create a community with the podcast and then any way we can do that we're we're all about that So, um, we're at ATO Podcast uh, underscore on Twitter and Instagram. Just uh, you can either uh, tweet at us, um, or you can send us a DM on Instagram uh, or on Facebook if you want to do a visitor post or, or, or just get in touch with us. You can message us on Facebook uh, at Around the Outside Podcast uh, as well. So, um, yeah, thank you for all of the uh, love and uh, listening of the podcast so far. We really do appreciate it. Right, let's now move on to this week's upcoming Grand Prix at the Circuit de Catalunya. It's race week again. We are on round four and back to the normal start of the European part of the season. And Lewis Hamilton is looking to get pole number 100 this weekend after Valtteri Bottas rubbing it in his face in Portimao last weekend. Um, And uh, after missing out on pole as well by 0.007. Seconds last weekend, so close. Um, win number ninety-seven last weekend. Also, he'll be eyeing up a hundred wins very soon too. Chris, the circuit Catalunya is a track where people get their first race victories. We've seen a lot of special victories there. Uh, Pastor Maldonado, we know, nine years ago in his uh, maiden victory with Williams, and and conquering against Fernando Alonso, his home race. Max Verstappen, five years ago in his debut race for Red Bull, which was an amazing moment for for fans to see that come through and even Michael Schumacher 25 years ago all that all that time ago in the wet as well we've seen a cracking few races this season so what do you expect for the Grand Prix this weekend?
1: I feel like it's going to be much of the same I feel like it's going to be very nip and tuck with Red Bull uh, I, I feel that Red Bull this weekend probably have a slight advantage just by the way the track and the car have been um, I feel like Red Bull just have a slight bit of advantage on the Mercedes but you know, when Lewis turns up, Lewis turns up, we saw that in Bahrain, Mercedes, the, the Mercedes wasn't the fastest car, but Mercedes were there, and you know, and the same with what we saw at Imola, Mercedes were the fastest car, Red Bull were there, you know, and Portimao, Mercedes were the fastest car, and they were the fastest car, but I don't know, I feel like this one's going to be a very nip and tuck race between Max and Lewis, it potentially could be one where, you know, you could see a retirement out of two of them, out of two of them, out of, out of potentially both of them uh that could you know throw the championship wide open um yeah i I expect this one to be an absolute thriller Catalunya tends to always be a thriller i mean we saw that 2016 when max won both the mercedes going into each other into turn four um you know and obviously pastor maldonado when he won his grand prix absolutely uh yeah he he got the pole after lewis got disqualified from qualifying and, yeah, he never really looked back. He had a great battle with Fernando. And, um, yeah, again, another exciting race that we saw. And, obviously, when Fernando won there in 2005, I mean, the crowd were on fire. It was, you know, the start of a championship charge. But that was a very, very special moment for Fernando. And, you know, with Fernando coming back, he'll be looking for something very similar. And, obviously, with Carlos Sainz as well in a Ferrari, he'll be looking for to, to get up there as well to prove something to his home fans as well.
0: Yeah, I, I think this weekend, I don't know, it's, yeah, as you say, it's very close between Red Bull and Mercedes, but you can't help but think Red Bull, it's their track, really, it's, um, it's f- quite technical, very dependent on the chassis, um, and sort of the handling, and we know that Red Bull kind of has a slight edge on that, um, with Mercedes making up for that, in it's sort of engine and power unit, um, but obviously, yeah, they're very equally matched, But and Max quite strong around that track, though, in general um that's how i see it panning out though it's um it's going to be an interesting one don't you think
1: yeah it's going to be interesting i think the practice sessions are going to be uh they'll tell more as to who's going to be looking quicker Mm. um but i think so we we were talking before we started recording i think we're we're both sort of leaning the same way um as to how we think the race is going to go so
0: we're agreeing for once this is incredible (laughs)
1: Uh, there's a time for everything isn't (laughs) (laughs)
0: there we're looking at the tables Um, it's so close between Lewis and Max eight points between them Uh, Lando still in third in the driver's um, championship, five points with McLaren uh, there, remaining in third in the constructors as well. Ferrari in fourth. Um, Chris, after getting a clean sweep last week, and even saying Valtteri would get fastest lap, it took three races, but we finally saw a perfect prediction from you, so very well done. Thank you. And don't lap it up. Don't lap it up too much. But um, Maybe we need to kind of track some some points system, like almost our own prediction fantasy league here on the podcast. So... Um, I don't know, we we mentioned that predictions-wise, the constructors, you were going to buy me a Nando's because obviously I was going to win. So who do you see getting polled this week uh, and who's on the podium? And do you see any shot performances this week, Chris, towards our little prediction championship that we're going to have?
1: Oh, See, I think poll-wise it's going to be very boring. (laughs) I think... (laughs) I think it's going to be um, someone that's already had a pole position this year. <sighs>
0: um,
1: someone that's very, very uh, fast. <sighs> um, yeah, I'm going. I'm going to go with Max.
0: Yeah, it has to be really. I oh, and yeah, that's 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 what I'm
1: that's what I'm going to go with. Um, second place. Yeah. Oh, I ain't saying he's going to win the race, mate. I ain't saying he's winning the race. I'm saying he's getting pole.
0: Ooh,
1: Okay. Ooh. No, I'm saying Lewis is going to win the race. <laughs> a, man, a man that gets the race wins, he's always there or thereabouts. Um, I just feel that, you know, if this is a time where Lewis can do out strategy the Red Bull, this is the time to do it. He did it in Bahrain. It paid off. This week, I feel that he um, he has that chance to do it again. And hopefully Bottas will be there to throw Red Bull into they don't know what they're going to do. Mm. Um so, yeah, I think Lewis is going to win the race, um, but I feel Max is going to going to be there in second.
0: Red Bull must be pulling their hair out because at the start of testing and the first race, they must have thought, right, we are in a prime position this season. It just seems whatever Mercedes did in that gap, the two-week gap, and came back to Portimao, um, they absolutely just found again. They, they did it again. They just found that performance that they needed. It's just it's ruthless
1: it's very mercedes like yeah
0: so uh no hopefully again well the, the Red Bull will be trying to um keep up well even though lewis and mercedes say at the moment that oh yeah we're we're the hunters and uh Red Bull on top <laughs> yeah right yeah they're just saying that aren't they uh but well no we'll we'll see we'll see what happens at catalina but, but yeah. third place you know
1: Third place, right. So I'm going to go for a complete and outer shock. Oh, great. I feel like my, I don't think I'm going to get a two week streak here of perfect guesses, but to make it interesting, because it's the Spanish Grand Prix, <laughs> I am not saying Fernando Alonso. I'm going to go Carlos Sainz in the Ferrari. Ooh. He's going to get a podium. Oh, how about that?
0: Carlos Sainz.
1: Wow. And just for bad to bot us to get fastest lap.
0: <laughs> what, for him to pit on the last lap again? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone just pits on the last lap. Um, no, well, I, mm, yeah. I mean, I would say that's a little bit far-reaching. I know that Ferrari have improved their pace, but I don't know um if that's true you're,
1: you're, you're gonna you're gonna hate it if i get this right well <laughs> this
0: is the thing it could be like a monza situation where gasly won the race i reckon it could if that that's that's i think that's the only way that Science can end up in third but uh stranger things have happened haven't they chris um, um bottas for me in third it has to be a uh ham ham for bot or bot for ham or
1: uh, bot ham ver, ha- bot ham ver. For, for you i think for you is going uh, the ham bot the ham bot um i'm going ham the sigh
0: hanverside <laughs> that sounds quite cool um yeah so that's our predictions for this race weekend um uh, if you're listening back to this podcast were you right were um and if you are um, listening to us before the race um, what are your predictions let us know uh, at ato podcast underscore on twitter and instagram and at around the outside podcast on facebook um any other notable mentions chris that we might have forgotten
1: um I think we're pretty covered for this week, you know, I'm sure if anybody uh, lets us know about anything we could have forgotten uh, <laughs> that they will. They, um, they will. yeah. Uh, and we could always just, uh, you know, bring it back when we're back in a couple of weeks time for, for the next race uh, preview. Anyway, um, hopefully we'll, you know, we'll have a special guest, you know, who knows? Yes, we might do. We might not. We might just do a random chat about life. <laughs> in between the races who I don't, knows I
0: don't think they want to hear that Chris let's be honest no. our lives aren't I, very exciting uh, uh, around other they're than pretty, this pretty boring <laughs> yeah um, but uh, no thanks very much for joining us on the podcast this week uh, we are working very hard behind the scenes to bring you some exciting guests for the rest of the season and um, you'll be the first to know about them here on Around the Outside uh, it's been me Jake Peach and uh, Chris Moss here on the podcast we'll see you very soon take care